In the morning, my brothers and sisters, how are you today? I'd like to thank you all for stopping in once again to listen to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, a podcast that finds itself under a rainstorm in real life today, but the message is one of bright, undampened hope. Getting started with prayer can be hard. Getting started or staying consistent in prayer by oneself can be really hard. This is where a fellowship of believers can be helpful. In addition to running this podcast, I also run a weekly email where people pray together. Some prayers are mine, or things I know about. Many prayers are from people who are on the list who tell me about things that are going on with themselves or others. We want you to join us in prayer. I don't care where you're from, if English isn't your first language, or if you're not a member of our church. Send me an email at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org, and I'll add you to that list. It's not a general distribution list where I'll send you a bunch of spam. I literally type it out by hand every week. No one will track you or even see that you opened that email or not. It's just a tool to help you along your journey in Christ. And it's nice to know that you have other brothers and sisters who are right there along the trail with you, praying alongside you and for you. And if you're so inclined, I want you to send me your prayers that you might have and we'll join right in. Today's meditation is based on John chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. So, grab a cup of joe and join me around the word today, won't you? Read a section from our gospel lesson. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. They are yours, and all I have is yours. And all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. So far the word. God's glory, it's beyond understanding. Even in heaven, when we see all of that glory, will we understand it fully? Because here in this world, we don't see this. People, human beings, animals, anything in this world that lives and breathes, that we don't shine, we don't glow. There's no such thing as this concept of glory, at least not that we can see. So again, even in heaven, when we see all of that glory, will we understand it fully? And yet Jesus helps us to see why he even talks about this subject at all. It's something right here, in the here and now, and what Jesus discloses here leads us sometimes even to shout it, to sing about it, to even desire to bring glory to God here on earth. Context. Remember, Jesus is speaking about the glory of his Father on the very night that he, the Son, is being betrayed. Did you know, or rather recall, that while Jesus is saying this, Judas is making his way to the temple complex? 
And we know why he's going to the temple complex, to find the temple cops, so those cops can come and arrest Jesus and bring him in. So when we think of the, of the Father's glory, we probably are not thinking of God the Son being arrested by one of his friends. Instead, we think of stars in the sky, the vastness of galaxies that he has made. We think of this. We might think of how God gave a glimpse of his glory in the fire and in the smoke above Mount Sinai. And those displays of God's glory, amazing, a gift. But they also are terrifying. They tell us how powerful and how holy and beyond us God is. And at the same time, it says how insignificant and how sinful we are. And it calls to mind the fact that he, with all of his power, can just, like dust blown in a wind, can just, and we're gone. Like we never existed in the first place. But Jesus helps us to see that the Father's glory is also found in a person. A man, a human being. So you know that you cannot, you cannot know the powers, the powerful glory of the Father's infinite majesty, describe it any way you want, without Jesus. You can't. In fact, you can't know anything at all about the glory of God the Father apart from the human Jesus. You could say things like the sky is polka dot, but it's still blue. It doesn't change facts, right? People can make up as many false gods as they want, with as many philosophies and theories that they want. And they could say things like, you are your own God. There is no God. You should serve yourself. That's the reason for life. But the fact remains, there is one God. There is a God. A couple chapters earlier, same exact gospel, a couple chapters earlier, and this is what Jesus said. He said, there is, allow me to quote, no one who comes to the Father except through me. And listen to this, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So if we look at the incredible design of the universe and say there must be one God who made it, Good. Good, that's good. But then realize at the same time that it's the same faith that Satan himself has. What does James, the half-brother of Jesus, say in James chapter 2? You believe that God, that God is powerful. You believe in one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. But when we look at Jesus, the man, the human being, there is where we begin to understand what God is really like. Beyond just the power. When we look at Jesus then, we don't see some cold divine being who just created everything. Now just lets it spin. That's not God. And we don't have somebody who takes everything he has made and then throws it into some random game. That has no meaning at all. It is not meaningless. The all-powerful one loved the lost. He loves nobodies. How many times? You can almost just randomly open any part of the Gospels where it talks about the ministry of Jesus Christ. 
And you can name examples and find an example of Jesus finding a nobody. Does this sound like a cold divine being? Just at random, can you name some? You know, I thought of this, so it's not fair. Zacchaeus, a nobody that people hated, right? Zacchaeus is one. A woman caught in adultery is another. You could go on and on. He kept on purposefully finding them. This tells us what God is really like. And he comes into our lives and takes our natural condition, which says that we can blithely go on all the way in our set ways and be happy, actually find happiness and fulfillment without God. And he does not turn away from us, nobody's in disgust. He turns to his son instead. We could never approach God in his glory. That was the only problem. That is the only problem we have. So he came to us. And he gave his son to save us. So glory be to God for this love. But there is another glory that is spoken of here. Jesus prays about it's his own. He says, and I quote, Father, the time has come. Glorify your son. I'm going to say it. Here is Jesus' selfish prayer. He is praying for something for himself. But remember here, what time has come? Before the night is out, God the Son will be hit in the face. He will be spit on. I've never been spit on by somebody. I would think that's pretty unsettling. He will be spit on. He will be mocked as to his true identity and called anything but that. And he'll be condemned with a guilty verdict. And in 12 hours, he will hang on a cross with all the guilt of history crushing down on his soul. So yes, this is Jesus' selfish prayer. He is praying and asking his Father for the glory of being the Savior of the human race. But there's another kind of glory he asked for, and it has to do with time. Listen to this. Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. This is the hidden glory that we glimpse, we do catch a glimpse, when he comes alive in the tomb on Easter morning and shatters death. I say hidden because not everybody saw it. And even those who did see Jesus, they just saw a man, right? If you can call Jesus just a man. That's what they saw. This is the glory he showed when he descended into hell on a victory parade where nobody could touch him or restrain him or keep him there. Oh, that's right, because Jesus designed that prison for the demons. So they couldn't keep him. This is the glory when he appears to the disciples for 40 long days after his resurrection to say, guys, it's all real. I actually came back to life. I have risen from death and I will raise your bodies. Because resurrections are not about your soul. Your soul never dies. It just continues. This is about a resurrection of bodies. It's real. Glory is what we see when Jesus ascends into heaven and takes up his power to rule everything. And yeah, yes, 
everything, also now as a human king. And why does Jesus want this glory? Listen to his answer. I'll remain in the world no longer, but they, my followers, are still in the world. Holy Father, protect them. Yes, this is the so-called selfish prayer, as some have called it, unbelievers, the selfish prayer of Jesus Christ. Even when Jesus prays for himself, though, we see what's actually happening. Jesus is praying for everybody, his people, to comfort us with the truth that he rose to take away that part of us that wants to bask and wallow in our own sin. Does that mean that Jesus doesn't just protect us from the ugly unbelievers? <clears throat> Speaking as our sinful nature speaks. He actually protects us from ourselves. Which this pastor would submit is the greatest protection that we need. The protection from our own darkness within. Jesus has shown us. We know what glory is. We've seen it. And we've seen what it will become in us. All you have to do is, if you struggle, is look at the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. There is your starting point of what is coming for us. So Jesus gives us life in the realm of heaven and rules the universe now to bring us safely there to that place of absolute protection. And I want to dwell on God just for a moment and set us aside. Yes, God and glory go together. I could put this in kind of cold terminology. God deserves it, is the cold terminology. He created everything, so he deserves all glory, right? But there is another reason. In love, the Father gave us his Son to rescue us. So it's not just as creator. Now as our Savior, we have a Jesus who has bought us back from our own sin. In love. The Son laid down his life and gave it for us. In love, the Father and Son will keep their promise to not just start the good work of faith, but to bring it all the way to completion, to that point where we are entirely safe. And in the Holy Spirit's gift of the Word of God, that is where he changes our hearts and keeps us in the faith in a God we have yet to see. A miracle. He does all of this to bring us to that point that he can say of each one of us the same words, I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Glory be to God for his gift of faith, which gets us from Jesus' work all the way to seeing Jesus' face. As people who are already part of the resurrection, the first resurrection, not the one that comes later for the body. People who through divine love will live forever in the glories of heaven. Let us then not just speak or sing about the glories of God here. Let us actually live the words that you hear in 1 Corinthians 4 where Paul says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Every little mundane thing to the glory of my God. 
What a way to think of this world. That means not just thinking about how to give God glory as you have been in a Sunday morning worship service, and as you will for the next few minutes, and then the rest of the week going on autopilot. Trust the promise. Doing. Doing what the word tells us. That. That is what gives him glory in the words that we use and in the way that we do things and in how we treat other human beings. Live to glorify God. Knowing that you will do it imperfectly, but knowing too that your rescuer will perfect you in that glory. Standing before the face of God in the realm of heaven We will, will we understand that glory fully? Let's find out together. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday School, an adult Bible study, is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011 and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity